Welcome to Lost Without Japan, a travel podcast about the life-changing experiences of exploring Japan and those moments we would be lost without. For your listening pleasure, allow me to introduce your very own Kanko Gaido, Michael. Welcome to this week's episode of Lost Without Japan, a podcast based on Japan and your Lost Without Moments. This is your director of travel for TKIC Studio Productions, coming to you with positive thoughts and excitement for your next journey to Japan and my own return, I hope, this year. I'd like to thank you for giving me a bit of your time today, and I truly hope this podcast finds you in a good place or on the path to a better one no matter how it may seem at this moment. My belief is that we could all use a beacon like this one in our lives to help guide us during these times, and my hope is that Japan, along with this show, will become that for you. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you're returning Lost Without Listener, thank you again for your time and returning once more. As always, the advertising I include with my shows is done for free and is to help continue to promote the friends of the show that we've interviewed in the past. I want to take a moment before we get too far in today's episode and make an early request as I really want to give as much of a chance as possible for listeners of the show to be a part of our three-year celebration this upcoming summer. For that reason, I'm going to start requesting uh, either an audio recording or a written story that I could include in the episode that can be about your favorite story from a Japan trip of your own, something that you're looking forward to the most, or just things you've enjoyed about the show. To make this as easy as possible, I'll be putting a link in the notes for today's show that will give you a Google Doc where you could type in your written response or even include an audio file as well. If you prefer, you can also email me that response and not use the Google form at all. Just send it to lostwithoutjapan at gmail.com. I truly look forward to celebrating this special event for you, and I can't wait to celebrate this special event with you. I also want to add on that for those of you that are taking the time out of your day to submit something uh, for my show, uh, in the Google form, if you give an address, happy to mail to you a sticker from the show. And anyone that, like I said, takes time out of their time, their day and things to participate and be a part of the show, you'll also be entered in the raffle that I'm going to be doing for a Lego Japanese postcard. So with all of that behind us, let's get on with today's episode. As our group departs today, please remember to double check you have all your luggage, your passport, and your phone with you before the group departs. You have made it. Today's the day you continue your journey throughout Japan. So go ahead, take a few deep breaths, and come along with your tour group as we make sure that your journey today is as wonderful as possible, whether it's that first trip or return to this awe inspiring country. As always, when you end up looking to make reservations for lodging, make sure that you book something that is fully refundable and know that the dates that are necessary to get your money back if there are time frames constraints placed upon them. Remember, you can always reach out to the show at Lost Without Japan on Instagram or by our show's email 
if I can answer any questions or be of assistance during our journey together when you're out and about and traveling on your own. As always, today's timestamp in our show notes to bring you directly to our talk on the islands of Shikoku in the Kagawa Prefecture can be found in the notes for today's episode. In that same spot, you'll also find that link that we discussed earlier for the Google Doc for resources and information on Japan and links to all of our past episodes. Again, coming up on three years of them. Before we get going into our day trip, I wanted to give a quick shout out for Japan Tour Adventure. Designs off the beaten tracks, walking, guided experiences in the Kansai region, including Osaka, Kyoto, and Nara. They offer a more authentic vibe where you wouldn't dare to go on your own. With nature, local places, food, drink, and a priority on sustainability, with exclusive and unique experiences that are for solo travelers, groups, families, and friends, they are waiting for you. For more info about those experiences, visit their website at japantouradventure.com. Normally, this is where we'd go into the history of a city. And, you know, with today's episode, however, we've already covered that. And it's kind of a continuation of Takamatsu and a part of a larger area that we're going to be talking about uh, with these episodes coming up. So instead of that, I'm going to end up adding on a little bit to what we have in a different way. Since we're already in that area, well, we don't need to worry too much about transportation. So we're going to forego that normal how to get here section of our talk. For those of you joining us out of order of our episodes, just go back to season three, episode 12, which is just a couple episodes ago, and you can find all the information needed to meet our group here. For those of you looking to leave with our group from Takamatsu to take advantage of all they have to offer in the area today, we're going to be meeting at that 24-hour chain Sukiyaka, and which is near my recommendations for lodging. And those that want to be near some of the ferries will be utilizing before catching our ferry to begin our day. I'll be touching base when possible on lodging for each of these islands and we'll look to make some day trip locations out of each one, which is a very real possibility. As a result, we'll not be having an honorable mention section for today's episode. Instead, we're just going to be focusing on two different islands for your listening pleasure. Now, we'll not be able to cover every island that's out here in this area in today's episode, but I've picked two that I think offer some unique activities and are central to where we are at this moment and make for a pretty easy transition to get there. Now, let's start with our first recommendation for lodging. If you're looking to base yourself out of Takamatsu with the JR Hotel Clement Takamatsu, it's a great location because it's near the ferries and that's what we're going to be utilizing for our adventure today. The four-star hotel has its own site available uh, in English, Chinese, and of course, Japanese. When looking to book directly through the site, I couldn't really pull up anything when trying to use the calendar, but when I, what I was able to pull up, on the other hand, is room availability when I ended up kind of 
pulling up plans, uh, not the dates, but just plans and things that are available. And then I was beginning to pull up some things. I think for this instance, unless you have the Japanese to do the, the phone call and, and make it, uh, you're probably going to end up having to uh, count on a booking travel website. Reviews mention there's some limited communication in English, and that's a nice plus anytime you're going. Uh, this hotel is older, but is well-maintained. Their great location allows you to see it from outside of JR Takamatsu Station, which is just a five-minute walk to the Shodoshima Ferry. The second floor of this hotel is connected to the Takamas port ticket booth as well. And that ends up being one of your options for a ferry, depending on where you're going. If you do arrive before it's time for check-in, you can store your luggage with the hotel and go exploring until it's time for you to check on later in the day. That being said, there won't be an option when you check out for them to, you know, hold on to that luggage for you as you're killing time. So you're going to need to take care of that yourself. If you take a shuttle from the airport from this location, it's going to be the last stop for that shuttle. And which is a plus, <laughs> you know, you don't have to necessarily worry. Have I gotten there or not? Which could be a worry or concern. But when you're getting on to it, you're going to have quite a bit of time to kind of write it and probably a lot of crowding. But the nice part is being the first stop on the return, you're going to have plenty of options to find a spot for sure to sit and not have to worry about standing that whole time. Now, one thing I do want to note is that around the hotel, except for some convenience stores and izakayas, really not too much. Uh, but there is a 10-minute walk to the shopping areas that could greatly increase your dining options. I would probably recommend uh, taking advantage of what that hotel has to offer you. And the breakfast buffet international dining options seem to be limited, though, as well. Uh, seem to be a lot of buffets. A lot of good reviews for them, but a lot of buffets. There are not so many food options around the hotel, like I said. Um, really, heading off to that shopping area is going to be what I'd recommend for you. Uh, there is, though, uh, a dessert bakery on the first floor of this hotel, mentioned a number of times. And they even offer a 10% discount to guests staying at the hotel. Check-in for this location is 3 p.m. with check-out at 11 a.m. And parking, if you do need to take advantage of it, is 700 yen a day. If you do need to cancel, it needs to be done a full 24 hours in advance of your stay if you want a full refund. And please, everybody, uh, take notice of time differences. If you cancel the day before, um, where it's less than that 24 hours, uh, you're going to lose 20% uh, of your funds, which go all the way up to 80% if you cancel on that same day. So again, you need to cancel like two days, you know, in advance, less than that 20%, less than the day, 80%, my friends, that is a lot of your money uh, going to waste. One more of those things that I'd like to mention to you 
is that those of you with pets, unless they are guide animals, uh, you will not be able to bring your pets with you. Breakfast is served from 6.30 a.m. to 10 with orders being stopped 30 minutes before the breakfast closing time of, again, 10. The hotel is a smoke-free area with the exception of some limited rooms on the third floor that are smoking. Pricing looks to be around $100 U.S. for a base-level room for one adult through travel sites when I searched through, you know, a couple uh, months or so away. Some things that were closer. There were some variation in prices. There are some deluxe rooms which offer a slightly larger size at each level and may include the best views of the water, but I'm not positive of that. One thing you can count on, though, by booking these rooms is you'll have a slightly larger room. Another option for your group is you can also book corner rooms or a suite as well. One last thing of note on location is that there look to be five rental bicycles available as well, but I'm not sure how much that costs, um, paperwork that needs to be filled out, or what your Japanese level needs to be able to do to take advantage of them. Our meeting point for today is the chain restaurant, Sukiya, and is one of my go-to easy starts to the day that's not McDonald's, Starbucks, or other chains in the area. It may not be adventurous, but what it does have is 24 hours service to allow you to start your day at whatever time you need. It has English menus. It has a touchscreen system, which means you don't have to interact with anyone else. And even quick and inexpensive food that can lead to a stress-free start to your day or end of one. So depending on what time you're starting your day or when your ferry leaves or when you make it back, you can count on at least time doing so. When you sit down, you'll automatically get water, giving you time to place your order via the touchpad if you choose. You can even place an order outside of this location as well if you're looking to take advantage of some to-go services. Nothing you get here will be luxurious, but they do have a diverse menu that is sure to provide you with some variety. I will not go into much more depth about this location as it's something we've discussed in previous episodes, but I have included it in the show's Google Maps and you can check it out. This all the food pictures and everything that's there yourself. If you can rent a car, you'll really have these areas open up to you after using the ferries itself uh, to get to this next island. But I will point out, uh, besides really needing an international license and renting cars, really only one of the islands is uh, one that I would spend the money on uh, for that transportation. And What I'm going to suggest instead of using a car itself is actually to rent an RV within Kagawa during your stay. Uh, Again, international license, passport, credit card that can be used internationally. But what's going to happen is, my friends, this service is available both in Chinese and English in addition to Japanese. And it's going to allow you to take advantage of some campsites and beaches on our first island that I'm going to be talking about for a longer period of time than you could otherwise. And to do this, we're going to be taking advantage of Heisei Car Rentals. It's a service that I'll be discussing today. Their website will be in the show notes. This rental agency offers a lot of things that actually put me at ease about renting a car and driving in Japan. Now, I'll admit, 
one of my fears about driving in Japan is that if something were to go wrong while I'm driving my car and I wouldn't be able to communicate with anybody else uh, to get what I need. And I'll admit, it adds some stress. But included with the price of your rental are a variety of things that really could put you and myself at ease. Some of these include tire replacements, help with the flat, jumpstart of a battery, help if your key is locked in the vehicle, towing up to 100000 per rental if the car breaks down. You are, of course, responsible if you have an accident and, you know, you make some poor life decisions and strand a vehicle. But guess what? For just 2,750 yen, in addition to what the fees are for taking this RV, about 20 US dollars, guess what? You have zero dollars due as a deductible in case of an accident. Property damage, zero dollar deductible. Damage to another vehicle, zero dollar deductible. Now you can rent these small camping vehicles for 6, 12, or 24 hours at a time. Peak season, they are 15,400 yen per day or 13,200 yen off season, which is either around like $115 US to $95 a day without that additional insurance. Please, my friends, just add the insurance. (laughs) You know, you're still less than a lot of hotels or places that you'd stay. Now, these vehicles come with more than just the insurance. They have a car navigation system that will be set to English for free. They have uh, even the chance to rent child seats. And even one of the greatest add-ons I've ever seen is what, for those of you that live stateside, an iPass or a card that can be used to get you through the toll roads so you don't have to worry about money. I don't have to worry about cash and trying to hand it over as I'm trying to figure out where I'm going and driving in the correct manner. What happens is once you return your RV or car, they will read the card that's used for the toll roads and you'll just pay for what balance you have owed at that point in time. Now, being that a lot of these islands are limited for lodging and rental properties and campgrounds can be an amazing option, and provide an unforgettable experience. Uh, you know, you're not going to find um, these super duper um, hotels with you know resort type things that are all inclusive. That's not what you're going to find here. But you can again have an amazing time. Please check out the site for the RVs and just everything that I talk about today to get a better idea of what is going on. The RVs do have. Like what I would feel would fit one adult for sure, two adults fairly comfortably, Um, but you know, you could make it work. Uh, They have a fold out bed and a table to to use when the bed is not in use. There's no toilet. There's no shower. You're going to have to use a campground to take advantage of them. One friendly reminder, my friends, is don't forget your toilet paper for today's adventure. That and I would say some sunblock. Now that we are full of all this information so far, we're going to make our way to our first island and discuss activities that you can enjoy plus our lodging. One thing of note is that Google Maps does show you can walk to our next spot to access the ferries uh, to get to where you have, but 
I really would not recommend this. <laughs> like one of the routes had you walking on a toll road and I'm pretty sure that's going to be illegal or get you pulled over or worse, hurt horribly. So just take advantage of a taxi. For, have someone in the hotel staff help you out getting it. It's a super short ride. It will cost you nothing, but it'll eliminate that chance of you getting a horrible end to your, your adventure. What's going to end up happening is we are going to begin on the island of Megajima, which is the north of Takamatsu. It's just a short ferry service of 20 minutes to get out to that first stop. One word of warning, though, with any ferry service is if it's too wavy, the weather is too poor, they will not run. So having our previous episode of backup things to do in the area, if you can't make it to where we're talking about today, uh, you know, keep that in your back pocket, my friends, just in case that weather turns south. We'll be getting off at the port of Megajima, where we have a very short one minute walk to our first recommendation for today, a very unique seagull art parking lot exhibit you have to see it to experience it my friends um it is also near um like what one of our recommendations for lodging as well as soon as you step up at megajima you'll immediately be welcomed by this art that looks like seagulls these seagulls turn in the wind and even sound a little like the bird themselves when they turn i don't know if this is from the rusty fittings or just how they were made I don't know, but it's definitely unique and, for me, an interesting experience. For lodging, I'm going to speak to the campground options first and then briefly on one of the few options that are available for lodging that isn't camping. If you're able to use the RV service or you live in Japan and can bring your own tent, this is truly the most appealing option, you know, barring the being there at 120 degrees, you know, during summer. But this camping option is available for so little money, and what you get is so huge. Megajima Camping Ground is our first target for the day and is simply an amazing find. If you're looking for an amazing view and each adult only running you 200 yen, yes, 200 yen, not $200, 200 yen, uh, 100 yen for a child. Less than $2 US, that's like a dollar and 40 cents. You will have access to a bathroom, flush toilets, a shower, and be able to use that RV that you're looking to. Um, one thing though, that the RV space is limited, um, as there's only six to eight spots there, so make sure to get there early. Um, leave that vehicle and go out exploring on your own. They do have a grill for communal use. Toilet paper, like I said, sunblock, a bag to bring your trash back. This is going to be a theme. You will need to bring back whatever trash that you do have from camping. You can't leave it there. Please don't do so. If that happens, my friends, uh, what's going to happen is it's super expensive for anyone there to get rid of your trash. And what could end up happening is these 200 yen or less camping grounds end up getting closed. I mean, they're really not making a lot you know, off of anything that's here. It's just more of a service. You know what I mean? Like it's there for you. I bookmarked this on Google Maps for your use. There's even a nearby pine tree forest if you need for some shade. One word of advice though is there is a stone wall that is near this location that helps divide the beach, but I would steer clear of it. 
because from different reviews and things that are mentioned is that the wall itself looks like it's being um, eroded from underneath uh, for the water and things that you can even get stuck in the sand your feet if you get too close i don't want you getting hurt i don't want anything falling on you so stay to the beach stay away from the walls one cool thing about being at this beach is the ferries come quite close so you could wave and who knows uh, as you do so end up making a new friend there are absolutely no convenience stores on this island nor the next so it's important that whatever you need you bring with you on this visit um, what are we going to need for camping do the same that means tylenol that means ibuprofen that means water that means emodium that means band-aids just come prepared my friends and one neat thing about this is that when you're using this campsite you have some amazing scenery if you're unable though to take advantage of this beach uh camping site north end of the island has megajima uh, matsubara campsite that i'll include in the notes as well uh, that you'll still have access to a beach location it is going to be some different scenery though a lot more forest like i said i said beach you don't have access to a beach you're going to have water but the beach that you're thinking that you're going to go and uh lay out on and do that that is not going to be that north location that's going to be the first one that we've talked about so just different things for some of you you may be hey i'd rather be by the trees than go north my friend i want the beach and be you know in a location that's like what would this be otherwise 400 500 200 at least a night to be out on the ocean i mean such a deal that's the two dollars i can't get past this there's one guest house for lodging that i'd recommend and that is the megajima guest house and cafe megano there are a few other places but this one has a ton of positives to it checkouts before 10 a.m with check-in between 4 p.m and 7 p.m there are a lot of positives, like I said, but one drawback is this location is there's only three rooms to it. So if it sounds appealing to you, my friends, book as far out as possible as you can. You can end up uh, changing their site to English. And I kind of looked through it and saw that there was a lot that was not available. So I would say, you know, look, you know, through the booking sites and things again to try to get that or reach out by email and see what comes up from there. Besides the amazing views, there this location is mentioned as having drinks and small pizza, uh, other food choices as well. The chef for this location really takes advantage of local goods to make your meal and what's being served. One truly unique option that appears to pop up from time to time is the option of German bread as well. Staff mentioned that they speak Japanese, German, and English. Uh, to what level? <laughs> the German is uh, going to be pretty good. Japanese, pretty good. English, probably enough to get through for both of you, but I wouldn't expect a fluent conversation. The rooms look very basic, but they do sport the all-important AC or heater. Now, if you choose to stay at this location, you can also relax on the roof of this guest house as well. Truly listening to waves. At the end of a day, as you're looking out at the beach, man, what an amazing way to spend any night of yours in Japan. When I looked next summer, like $90 or 12,500 yen per night. 
I'll be reaching out to this lodging in hopes for a future interview, as I got with Piranha Divers Okinawa, and hope that we can get a little more information about this and find out that you know, all of us English-speaking uh, people uh, can reach out directly and maybe make some lodging you know, further out. Now that that's out of the way, what else can we do besides the beaches? Well, one thing you can do is to rent a bicycle and cycle the island. Fortunately, this island has buses to our next location as well that will coincide with the arrival time of the ferries and is just 600 yen per person. Now, besides exploring the island of this small cave that is there for just 600 yen per person is an option. You also in this island like have within this cave a statue or set of statues. It's small. It's going to be a small, you know, cave. But it will provide you some nice relief, uh, some natural air conditioning to cool off on hotter days. One other plus is there's some great views to take in from that spot as well. It's about 400 to 600 yen per person to explore this cave. I'm not sure it's going to be worth it to everyone that chooses to do just the cave. And I probably wouldn't even recommend it if it was just the cave. But there are quite a few observation decks, there's hiking, there's, you know, just all of these different cool things that are around the area that you can do. Shrines, temples, another art exhibit that end up making the time that you would spend exploring that area worth it to me. Um, and something to do is you're waiting for that return ferry. I'm going to add this into our Google Maps as well. Um, and we're going to hold on to all that information as we head off to our next island, Ogajima as we continue our exploration. If you're coming from Megajima, it's just an additional 20-minute ferry ride. Or if you're coming from Takamatsu, you have two 20-minute stops with whatever delay is there for unloading, you know, for that first stop. If you've heard of Cat Island of Aoshima that you'll see on YouTube for a lot of people but want to avoid the tourist trap location, and, well, not have the whole island cover, you know, overrun by cats, this, this next spot could be for you. The island of Ogajima is also pretty unique camping experiences to offer you as well. You have that beach option. One plus about the campsite that I'm going to talk about, though, to you as well, is that the one that is north um, has the option for you to rent a tent for just 2,000 yen. But one word of advice, if I was looking to take advantage of the tent, I would buy on the mainland some sand uh, tent spikes to use, like, you know, sand pegs to help secure your tent. Because this area is near a lighthouse, uh, which is one of two uh, lighthouses <laughs> that are kind of Famous within Japan is they're not painted, they're covered in stone. I'll talk about that more in a moment. But it can get very windy, uh, especially off-season. So like November time, things like that. I just buy those pegs, keep them completely sealed, keep them in their box, however it is that you get them from the camping store. Hold on to your receipt. If you don't use them, bring them back, return them. If you do end up using them, you're going to be so thankful that you had them, especially if it is a little windy. You will have access to a shower, a toilet, and an area to set up a campfire and barbecue. But one thing to note is that in this location, as, as I talked about earlier, in many camping sites within Japan, you need to bring your trash back out with you when you leave. 
the campsite itself does not have a cost outside of that tent rental. You could stay there for free if you had all the necessary supplies. You could even put in a request through their website to take advantage of this campsite, but here's the thing. It's just a request. It's not guaranteed. Basically, what they use that request system for is like, hey, there's 13 people that are saying they want to come so I can have an idea of who might be there, how many people might be there, even if there's more people looking to take advantage of it than there are spaces available. So again, if you do look to use this, head early, get your, your tent, get your spot staked out, and, and then go about enjoying the rest of your day. If you're the type of person that would rather not have the stress, though, of putting up a tent, I don't want to cook, Mike. I don't want to worry about getting my luggage from the port to this location. Guess what? Um, this campsite actually has an add-on service for 24,750 yen, which is around 175 a which is around $175 US. To have this service, you'll need to fill out the form online to take advantage of this. Your meals are gonna include local ingredients that may or may not be appropriate for everyone. Good news is you could actually bring in your own things to cook as well. The meal that you would end up getting if you choose to just go squarely with them consists of bread, uh, potentially wild boar meat, uh, prepared fish, vegetables, tea, coffee, mineral water. They'll provide you with your silverware, your cutlery, your stove, your kettle, your charcoal, your bonfire stand. And besides bringing all of this food that will be prepared for you, they'll help bring your luggage. They'll even provide you with a cooler that has ice in it. They'll help you, they'll help you start a fire. And at the end, they'll even help you tidy up. I'll include this site in our show notes for your reference. Just make sure you use Google so you can translate the site from Japanese to English as it does not have that option directly on the site. The lighthouse is one of two in Japan that are made from Aji stone, which is an unpainted lighthouse and just kind of a unique experience. Uh, there's even a museum if you speak Japanese about the lighthouse that you could take advantage of as well. Although there is hiking and a beach on the island, I'm just going to bookmark them and focus on dining and coffee options instead so that we don't, you know, sound too alike, you know, with these two islands uh, and these day trips uh, spots kind of so close to each other. There are some historical landmarks that I'm going to add that I'm not going to talk about. There's quite a bit added to this Google map for today, this saved location. So take a perusal, see what you see and what else you want to add on. Now, depending on the season you are visiting, different locations will be closed or open, which is common for locations that have like a travel season to them. So don't just look and think that everyone's going to be there. So some of the sites that I chose to pick for today were ones that seem to be more year round. But just think about that. And one other thing that I'd say is please, please, please. And I'll think I'm going to say this again later. Don't wait for the last ferry. Go at least one before that, if not two, if you're not going to be spending the night. You don't want to have to try to find some sort of lodging, <laughs> you know, and not have anything available for you or have to sleep outside. So one thing that caught my mind, though, is a coffee spot that translates as sunset and cat house. And I'm going to save this in our Google Maps. I put notes in the section that has the pictures so that you can see 
um, what it is because it's completely in Japanese. Um, this is a cat cafe. If you wanted something that was not that experience that you're going to get in Tokyo, which is like you're going into this, you know, small room, the cats are stuck there all day, um, very timed. This is them in their environment uh, from a standpoint of you're at their home. They can come and go. They're able to explore, do what they want to do. They're not just stuck in the room with you. You also, beyond that, the amazing food that you can have, have some amazing views. One thing you can do that's nice is you can inquire through the site to see if they're open when you're visiting. So if you're coming and this is something that you want to do, you can say, hey, will you be open, uh, you know, March 13th or whatever it is. The menu is on a board outside the location, which you can scan with your phone. Or if you know basic hiragana and katakana, you can make out the kohi or coffee or tea and other items as well. Prices are very affordable, ranging from 200 to 500 yen, again, like less than two bucks, less than $5 for all these different courses. And the one thing, though, of course, is that what is being served will change with seasons. When it is warmer, you can get shaved ice for as little as 200 yen, which will go a long way to, to cool you down, but it's not going to be a huge heaping pile of this. If you speak Japanese, the owner will also give you other spots on the island you can explore as well. And if you want to find more cats, they'll give you those locations as well. Next up is Madoka, a Sai Yokudo and Teshoku restaurant. Saikoru are casual restaurants or cafeteria-style locations that serve a variety of inexpensive Japanese meals. Many of them are mom and pops. Hole in the walls, you might call them. Uh, just restaurants where you could go and find locals eating there as well, and not just a bunch of tourists. One of the owners of this location is a fisherman, and this carries over into what's being served. As so many reviews mention that they had some of the freshest seafood they've ever had. One thing you can count on is what is being served will constantly change but that also means that you can't count on you really like the meal the night before doesn't mean it's going to be there uh the following day or even later in the day um or next time you visit the menu really ranges in pricing for a thousand uh, to two thousand yen per person they do seem to be open more than other locations and more of kind of a year-round thing as mentioned earlier, Ogi Fishing Port is a location to head to, too, if you'd like the experience of a plethora of cats. One thing, though, that is prohibited, please do not feed the cats. No matter how cute they look at you or how much they beg, don't give in. I don't want you getting in trouble, <laughs> okay? It's uh, prohibited uh, against the law. Don't do it, even if you see others doing so. Other than seeing the cats, though, and the walking art piece nearby, I'm really not going to recommend going to that port unless it's something that you're looking to do. Um, what you can do, though, is stop by there if you're heading out to Oi Swimming Beach, saved in our show notes as well. If you want to experience, my friends, what it's like to have a private beach without having to pay for it, this is the spot for you, even in summer. When you think it would be a popular spot, it doesn't seem to get much foot traffic. For you backpackers, this spot seems like an ideal location where you could camp and have access to a roofed off area that could give you some cover as well, a restroom. But one word of a warning, my friends, 
Um, heard nothing about flush toilets. So you're going to need your own toilet paper and a squatty potty, um, squat pot, you know, <laughs> thing. So if you aren't someone that thinks you could handle that, may not be the location for you. That being said, this spot is free. Yes, free. And they have an amazing view as well, right there on the beach. No shower, no parking though also. So again, don't bring your RV to this island. If you're going to rent one, skip it for this day. It would not stop me though uh, from visiting this island uh, for a day or and heading back at the end of the day, not spending the whole day. If you're looking just to kind of explore and go around, just again, please take note of that departure schedule for the ferries and make sure the ferry you're getting on will actually get you back to mainland and not just the island that was previous in our talks. With that, my friends, I'm going to call it an end for today's talk and pick our adventure back up with our next regularly scheduled episode in two weeks. Plus, my friends, you're here it now a very strong possibility of another bonus episode. That's going to be like four episodes <laughs> in four weeks. Show record, no doubt about it. Um, I'm going to do all I can to get that out in time. Just extra fun. We'll still keep our every other week going, but I wanted to try to provide uh, some extra uh, for you, the listeners. Really appreciate all of what's going on the last few months. And I'm a firm believer if you have some negative things going on in your life or counterproductive things in your life that may be impacting you, like not being able to go to Japan this summer, um, I'm still going to try, my friends, but I've just had so many different things go through, so I may have to push that back towards end of the year. I figure when you're having all of that, why not put out some positivity? And one thing that I can do to positively impact your day is to add some additional uh, listening pleasure for you. So our housekeeping for today, please give a follow, a like, a comment on your favorite streaming service. For updates on the show, feel free to give a follow on Instagram at Lost Without Japan. If you've enjoyed today's show, feel free to support us by joining the show's Patreon. Links will be in today's show notes. Thank you to our members that have already donated. You're helping save towards microphones that I'm looking to use to record various sounds to share with all of you from my next trip to Japan and also some on-site interviews. Last but not least, Nihongo Jobs, powered by Kasha at Ikigai Connections. If your dream is to build a career around your Japanese, English language, and or cultural skills, check out ikigaiconnections.com for country-specific resources and inspiring senpai success stories. If you're specifically looking for a Japanese job in the U.S., search for one at nihangojobs.com. For our show, Song of the Day, to take us out, we're going to be going out with a classy instrumental note with the music of Asako Morikawa, who was born in Takamatsu and their performance of Downland Simper, Downland Simper Dolans from their YouTube channel. I'll include a link in the show notes. Looks like we're ready to call it a night before we begin our next adventure as we continue our discussion and exploration of Japan. So on behalf of Lost Without Japan and the entire crew, I'd like to thank you for joining us for this trip and we're looking forward to seeing you on board again in two weeks for our next episode. To everyone out there, oh ginky day. Stay well, my friends.
君と初めて会ったのいつだっけ君を好きになったのいつだっけ今となったそんなんどうだっていい君といるだけで超ハッピー白い砂に青い海目の前に大はしゃぎ楽しすぎ続く空に真っ赤っか太陽君の体温もっとあったったかいよ水着姿が疾走キュッキスミー痛かったフィスソーグッ二人の時間愛しくて君がいる一分一秒が惜しくて君以外はノーサンキュー君への気持ちはこのオーシャンビューハーネムーン気分でバーベキュー鼻歌ノリノリパーティーチューンさあプライベイビーチカンカンデリー天気だけじゃ何も判断できんがなんだかんだいい感じ予想通り美女とビー男子沈んでく夕日背に一発キス夜になれ笑ってる三日月見上げた空満開の花火散ってくかなたに「まぐれな風」「無邪気な君のなびく髪の香りに誘われて」「僕はただ言葉にならない想いを一人胸に噛みしめて」「気がつけば恋をしていた」「君の前だといつも空回り」「かっこつかない」までの天気は嘘みたい「晴天空の下無償にハイ」「潮風香る海岸線に咲いた」「夢のときめきマイラフ」「今日だけは僕に身を預けて」「もっと知りたいよ君のすべて」「愛しのレイディ君とフータリー」「切り飛ばしてくマイカートゥータビーチ」高なる胸の鼓動しどろもどろうさ恋心少しは大人になったはずの男まるで初恋の頃君への気持ちありったけ言葉にはできなくて握ったてこのまま終わらない時を願って見上げた空の星を君ともしも気まぐれな風無邪気な君のなびく髪の香りに誘われて僕はただ「僕はただ言葉にならない」